Hey nerdlings, this is Sarah Ashley. If I may interrupt your podcast listening for just a minute, I would really like to talk to you guys about Nerdonomy.com. That's our website. If you guys haven't been to it already, you should really go check it out. We have a page where you can just meet the nerds. We have a blog where we have all of our original content that we write when we're not recording. And we also have listener feedback. So if you guys really want to go ahead and talk to us, see what we have to offer, or even maybe make a nice healthy donation at our merch station, then you can please do so at Nerdonomy.com. All right, and now enjoy your podcast. You're listening to Nerds on Film with Sarah Ashley, Brian Moriarty, and Sean Moriarty. So let's just get it all out of our systems right now. So first of all, uh, the day we already knew, we probably should have already known was going to be a downer when we found out, unfortunately, about the untimely passing of philip seymour hoffman which was just yep. terrible that like terrible. was a that was actually a major shocker for me this morning yeah yep. and uh, the way that it happened is so upsetting too it is really upsetting i didn't think that he was somebody who did that but yeah well according to the new york post he had uh not too long ago just gotten out of rehab mm. for uh, the same wow. substance unfortunately was but, it so was it heroin for sure well he was in rehab for snorting it oh and uh now unfortunately he chose the other method so yeah really really yeah. sad tragic the world has lost uh a tremendous actor one of the best a of huge his, talent of our talent yeah our generation. you know what you know the the silver lining to it though if there even is one was that today when i was at the super bowl party i was at that got really depressing really fast before it really started we were just trading off philip seymour hoffman quotes from different movies so it's like we were just reveling at how amazing and hilarious he was we were doing ones from even his subtle performances in the big lebowski yeah <laughs> right yes this is our concern dude i was listening to hollywood babylon two days ago and i heard i heard ralph garman do his spot on no nope, philip seymour hoffman kevin for... kevin does it not oh is it kevin oh well kevin yes. does a spot on i'm gonna philip find Seymour. her i'm gonna hurt her <laughs> do you have a wife or do girlfriend wife? do you have a girlfriend <laughs> i'm gonna find her i'm gonna hurt her <laughs> And then you're not going to be there and you can't do anything because you're inches from death. <laughs> yeah. And then you know what I'm going to do? Next, I'm going to kill you right in front of her. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> I that's, love Mission that's, Impossible That's 3. what he says in Mission Impossible I know, 3. I know. Can I just say, though, like, I was looking, because I was looking at his IMDb credits, obviously, just to be like, oh, all the movies that Philip Seymour Hoffman was in. And in things like... I. I almost forgot that he was in Twister. I almost I forgot that he was in My Boyfriend's Back, which is like terrible eighties oh movie. Brian and I saw that at the. It was like the second movie at the Capitol Drive-in after, after we Hocus saw, Pocus. Uh, Hocus yeah. Hocus oh or my something. god! Yeah. And I was just like, this movie is terrible. Sean, yeah. that was the same it place was, I it first was, saw that movie. Sean, it was actually it was after Meteor Man, not after Hocus Pocus. Oh, that's right, Meteor Man, which is terrible, but I love it. Yeah, it's this guy, you know. Sentimental place. There are two hearts. movies I remember seeing at the Capitol Drive-ins when I was a kid. One of them was My Boyfriend's Back, and the other one was the Mario Brothers movie. Oh, oh wow! I'm sorry. So you know I what? guess as a child, I just had this just 
terrible taste in yeah i just movies, can't so. imagine seeing that movie with and being able to look to the right and to the left and just seeing no cars next to you and like <laughs> tumbleweed go by and knock over a 40 ounce bottle of old e that someone left <laughs> my father fell asleep twice you know what though like those are the movies to see at the drive-in because you go to the drive-in to see the movies that you don't really care about like you yeah. don't care about the quality yeah. of the film yeah like if my parents paid full price for my family to go see the mario brothers movie i would have that's a shame. respect for them as exactly. like a five-year-old. Like, I rented that shit from warehouse. So, for example, I didn't <laughs> pay full price for a Fast and the Furious 6 or 5 for that matter. Or right. No, I didn't pay for 6 or for... Yeah, for 5 and 6, I both paid discount prices. There I've you never go. paid you guys, to see a Fast You guys and definitely know movie. what the fuck you're doing because... I made the mistake in the early 2000s of going to see like awesome blockbuster movies there Mm-mm. the first time I saw them. And I was like, wow, Spider-Man 2 looks awesome 100 yards away on a 12-inch screen, it looks like. Well, you have screaming <laughs> children next to you. Like. Yeah, exactly. And, and then there's just like speakers. somebody's blasting Big Punisher next to me. Mm-hmm. So I can't really hear right. what's happening. Yeah, yep. that's the mm-hmm. worst. And like while you're like freezing in your lawn chair out there. like me. <laughs> Because yeah, I almost yeah. never sit in cars when I watch that. When yeah. I, watch I like to there. sit in the back of a truck with that little window open. There you go. Stereo blast. The, if, if you're comfortable enough, if you bring blankets, you actually, I actually, there are times I've fallen asleep. I fell asleep during the third Mummy movie. It's just way easier to do yeah. grossly inappropriate. I don't think that the driving has anything to do with why you fell asleep <laughs> during the third Mummy movie, Brian. No. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't think I need to connect the dots. There was no, a there was no alcohol involved, and b connect it was the third the mummy movie. La 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 la, connect <laughs> the dots. La 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 la. That was your Pee Wee's Playhouse moment by Sean Moriarty. Thank you. I wanted so badly for you to just roll into my bike. <laughs> <laughs> my bike. Wow. Uh-oh. Okay. So, um, so that <laughs> happened this morning, and, and then, then we were we, we were going in rooting for the Broncos today, folks. Yes, I am a diehard Broncos fan, and Brian is is a little bit less of a fan. I think, yeah, but so, he's still a fan. But more importantly, I'm a de facto Broncos fan. There's also the fact that for most of us, we live in the San Francisco Bay Area, and um, the Seahawks defeated the 49ers to make it to the Super Bowl. So we want the other team to win because we don't like the Seahawks. So. Nobody there you go. The Seahawks. Except for Except the Seahawks for Bob fans. Dixon and fuck you, Bob Dixon, if you're listening. But do you know why I found out he was not doing it just to be an asshole? It's because they were the underdog. They actually, up until today, had never won a Super Bowl before. Yep. So, and they were actually in Vegas. The numbers said that uh, they, it was a Broncos five point. They were a five point favorite. So you know those who were rooting for the Seahawks are rich now. Yeah, um, well. Did you hear that Floyd Mayweather put ten point four million dollars down on the Broncos? And fucking lost all of it. The boxer. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, Well, wait. It was a meme someone sent me, and it looked legit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not kidding. It was a meme, and it looked legit because it had like a picture of him on, like a picture of a TV with Fox News on, with him putting the money down, and the ticker saying 10.4 million dollars on the Broncos. And then it was three pictures in succession of him just looking more frustrated. So that happened. I apologize to all of our listeners. I am a slightly inebriated, and I, I'm, it's a liberal use of the word slightly, and uh, it's because of the Super Bowl tragedy. Today you know, that I, happened. I will say this is the first time I've actually paid attention to the Super Bowl ever. Really? I, yeah, really. And because not even I, last year when the Niners were in it, I fell asleep. Oh, and you were recording. You guys recorded like right after that too. 
Yeah. We did. Yes, we did. I just, I don't, I, I'm not interested in football. It's just not, I mean, I get it. It's just not a sport for me. And that's you totally know, okay. The cool part is the consistency. Last year, all of your hearts were broken because <laughs> the Niners lost. And this year, go. Brian and I's hearts are broken. There we go. There's that. Mm-hmm. No, I think this one was just one I had to keep watching because it was so much fun for all of us to just sit there and go, Jesus Christ, what is happening with this game? It was oh, like. Oh, that was really fun. It was like for you. everybody. That's ev- awesome. We're just like, this That's is a really fun thing. Ever. It's, just, it's just super fun for us all to just say, what's happening on the TV? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I was kind of like having fun with your misery, but um, nobody I remembers did. that there's actually a gun right here. <laughs> she's, she's not actually sorry. Don't. <laughs> well, I mean, you weren't in the room, so it was. I, I know. I know. It was okay. It's okay. We're mellowing out now. Sarah and I are drinking some wine. Uh, our buddy Nap is into a three and now into a six pack. You guys are pussies. I had a whiskey, whiskey, splash of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> well. Hold the rocks. That's that's how you do there it. There you go. Yeah. No, I'm literally whiskey? holding my rocks right now. Everybody should be holding their rocks. I'm Sweet. on it. Okay. okay. Yep. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, if nobody can see, the Sarah grabbed her boobs while Brian and Brian... Okay, we're just going to refer to you as the Bryans. The Bryans grabbed their, no, their man he, cleavage. He didn't grab shit. No, I Brian didn't my, grab anything. I grabbed my gooneds. Brian doesn't touch his nether regions because Jesus says it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I abuse the shit out of my genitals, man. I, oh, no, wait, man, I said I'm stationed names. in the desert with like eight women. Like I, I touch my dick all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to okay. lie about it. So, so it's like, wait, oh, okay. look at that cactus. All right. that cactus I beat my dick hot. like it's what the... Air Force pays me to We're do. reeling it in, folks. That is, your <laughs> that is your tax dollars. We're reeling it in. We're reeling it in, folks. Speaking of holding one's balls, Space Balls is a movie by Mel Brooks who also <laughs> directed History of the World Part One. Segway! <laughs> that was the most so, glorious segue I've ever heard. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nerds on Film. I am Brian Moriarty. And I'm Sarah Ashley. And Brian, why the hell did you add an H to welcome? Because it is proper standard American English. There's no H in welcome. So it's welcome to Nerds on Film. Right. I am trying to sound more professional. Thank you. Just trying to be whimsical. Yes, whimsical. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm Sean Moriarty. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Sean, we abandoned you there. I'm sorry. I meant to say I'm broken and wasted because that's who I really am right now. Oh, I know. <sighs> I plan Broncos. on not participating in buying of pizzas from any of Peyton Manning's Papa John's. Peyton Manning owns Papa John's? He owns a lot of Papa John's franchises. That's weird. No, it's money. John Elway so. had fucking car dealerships. Joe Montana had a fucking cocaine ring in Bolivia. <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> I'm going to accept pizza. that. I'm going to choose to accept that as fact. Oh, and, <laughs> and who's that random voice that's also on the podcast? Uh, I, you know, what? I would rather not be introduced. I just want to be like some phantom voice. Too late. Joining us tonight live in the Nerd Cave is a man I've known for 15 years uh, since high school. Actually, we've really known each other for almost our entire lives, but more formally for 15 years. He is also a Brian with a Y, so therefore we'll just call him Nap. I'm sure all of your viewers are anxious to hear the spelling of my name. <laughs> that's That's... 
That's a huge point for them. This is a nerd talk show. You realize that we go into a lab with for no reason. Oh, they better not spell it with an I. That fucking rascal. Brian Knapp, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. And uh, we are proud of him for serving in the United States military uh, in the Air Force as a staff sergeant. So thank you, sir. Thank you. And he's on leave, so he might be less of a stranger over the next month. We'll see. I'm not making you any promises. Uh He's like, we'll see how this goes. (laughs) Ah, so History of the World Part 1, eh? Yes, Yes, sir. This This is the end of Mel Brooks' worry. Although it, it is technically now February, turns out both months end in Uweri. You can do it. Either month or, or in query. Both the months. It, it, it does work. You say query? <laughs> Fuck you. January and February. 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 Um, no, it does work out. We can get away with it. Although, usually at this point, I've already ended Melbrick's query, but that's okay. Um, we needed to squeeze in this. We wanted to do a full month of Mel Brooks themed episodes. And because some people got to go to a certain expo that I couldn't get to, we had to push off a day. So it ain't my fault. That sounds Did like I it was a lot that? of fun for everybody. It ain't that my wasn't fault. <laughs> it's, it's not your fault. It's my work's fault for not giving me the time off, but that's okay. I was talking it. about the Broncos. I don't oh. know what you're talking about. Have oh. we been doing the episode? <laughs> it's like what happened where have i been sorry let's talk about this because this was 1981 81 and it was kind of i mean he's never really done i want to say anthological but it's not it's more it's a compilation film right 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 there's a lot of it's it's a series of fragmented stories that arguably talk about the history of the world and in chronological order ish until they kind of play with things but that's okay um it's like the history channel presents movie 43 yeah sort of uh, except funnier it's true <laughs> so, yes. and, and less, much and, funnier and surprisingly less offensive less offensive than movie 43 but yeah this one was kind of like mel brooks's parody of historical and biblical epics and so he just decides to do all of them he basically. just decides to do everything yeah and despite the title there is no part two so basically if this were being made today it'd be called biblical movie right <laughs> exactly but because mel brooks is clever and not one of the Wayans brothers. There we go. He's not? <laughs> no, he's not. That's Well, the Wayans brothers had nothing to do with the movies after Scary Movie. After not another t- when, From Not Another Team Movie forward, it was all these other guys who worked under them for Scary Movie 2. And the Zucker been... brothers had something to do with a couple of them, too. I'm yeah, sure Scary, Mo- Scary Movie 3 and 4 were the Zucker brothers. Mm. Or actually, really more David Zucker. The other brothers hasn't been involved with him in, in a couple of, like, 20 years. The last I think Zucker Brothers movie was um, was I think Hot Shots Part Two. I love Hot Shots. That was yeah. good. Those were really good both movies. Hot Shots. We'll do a Zucker Brothers episode at some point. We, we have probably to. should. Yeah, we have to. Especially, I mean, God, Naked Gun. Are you kidding me? Well, yeah. But this it is. I mean, it literally it starts from the beginning of Man. Right. Uh, with even the... with the with the famous 2001 theme, though it's actually not 2001 at all. It is in fact right. thus spoke Zarastra. Yes, Zarastra. Uh, also known as Zoroaster, by the way, founder of Zoroastrianism. Booyah. A little history lesson there. <laughs> um, that is the most boring thing I've heard. Yeah, fuck week. you. Keep <laughs> it on the right podcast, dickhole. Okay, are, are you seriously? <laughs> the, Got the movie, just to make sure we're on the same page here, the movie title says History of the World Part 1. So, of course, I'm going to be get a little nerds on history on You're it. not going to bleed history the History should be in quotes, Brian. Yeah. In that title. I'm kind of sad Eric's not here tonight because he would totally own that that one piece of it. 
And he also probably would have been very upset that they didn't cover Egypt at all <laughs> in in history. Right, right, right. Uh, so, so it's with that, and it's you no know, lots of funny things like how man formed our tough discovered and- fire, discovered singing, music. Yeah. <laughs> 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 We're just like somebody got hurt and screamed, and then yeah. he's like, "Oh, wait a minute." I love the. Uh, with the forming of art came the natural evolution of the art critic. <laughs> and the guy just goes up and pees on the wall cave, which is actually really great because the cave drawing that they used was a reference to an actual cave painting in France, which is one of the oldest pieces of art that we have in the yeah, world. Yeah, it goes back about two and a half million years. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's And that's the thing is that Mel Brooks is a student of history. So a lot of the, the references he makes are either historically accurate or deliberately inaccurate just because that's who he is. He knows he'll always right. go for the gag if he can. So. Right, right, right. Um, I will say, though, I was thinking about this, and Brian, I know you had the same thought, too, as I was re-watching the movie relatively recently. And uh, the part where they were talking about the formation of marriage and there's a chick, she's <laughs> picking the weeds and then gets hit on the head and guy drags her in and then they're like, so after the birth of the first homo sapien marriage then came the birth of the first homosexual marriage and then there was like two dudes doing the same thing effectively and that was really actually despite the fact that arguably there's a lot of homophobic jokes it was mostly a semantical joke it was it was it was a semantical joke but it was kind of forward thinking a little ahead of its time in a certain in a certain regard yeah uh very clever of him to do that and then of course then you go into I mean, they do, like, when they talk about the the Old Testament, it's literally one scene. It's, oh, but it's one of the best scenes in the whole goddamn it is, movie. It is, literally, it is just Mel Brooks dressed up as, as Moses, saying, Moses, do you hear me? I hear you, I hear you. A deaf man could hear you. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What is it, my lord? And then finally, he goes and gets him and said, oh, people of Israel, our lord Jehovah has given us these 15, 10. Ten commandments for us today. <laughs> and it's such a good classic joke. I love that. Just, oh. Well, what? What's great about it is it drops, and there's that moment where he's staring at the, the shattered tablet. And he just like, goes, what's he going to do? Goes, he says, oi. The great man drops, and he just goes, oi. Ten. Ten commandments. <laughs> it, is, it is priceless acting. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and then, of course, he makes appearances again in the Rome scene, too, when he gets uh, when he gets mugged. Right. Oh, yeah. And that scene um, was totally filmed in Universal Studios Hollywood. And I mean, I haven't been on the backlot tour since um, the clock tower burned down. down. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about 2001. Yeah. So I don't know if that part is still there, but there was a part where um, Mm -hmm. where the when the waters part and the tram usually drives through there or whatever, but that scene with Moses um, being held up and parting the waters for the chariot to go through. um, Yeah. That's totally part of the, uh, the backlot tour, which was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Though I don't think this was shot at universal though. I think it was probably shot in a lot of backlots at 20th century. Probably, probably. I think they used that one. Obviously the exterior of Caesar's palace was the one from Vegas, which is excellent (laughs) to bring up because then we go into the Roman empire. Right. And uh, we talk about the, we where we follow the story of Comicus, the stand-up philosopher. Oh, you mean the bullshit artist? <laughs> yes, yes. Did you <laughs> bullshit Arthur. today? B. Arthur, who was completely uncredited for her little part there, being the um, like the, the, the unemployment, unemployment worker. insurance worker. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Have you bullshitted this week? No. 
Did you try to bullshit this week? Yes. <laughs> uh, and so for also, Hugh Hefner's in the movie. Yeah. He's like, he has the great line, uh, I've just invented it. It's called a centerfold. And he's yeah. talking to all these courtesan-looking women. Yeah, it's which right after you saw the sign for the, um, was it the annual orgy oh, they, 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 and buffet, buffet. Yeah. first served, first come. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really great. My God, like so many clever gags in that. Uh, also... What I love is uh, Josephus, of course, played by the late, great... Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines. Oh, my God. So, first off, when he makes a joke that he was Jewish, like, there was a Jewish historian named Josephus. I don't think he was from Ethiopia. But I love the line where he's tap dancing. He's, where are you from? Ethiopia. Where? 125th Street. Right. The Which Harlem is Harlem. The Har- exactly. The Harlem reference. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which I wouldn't have gotten until I went to New York. Because when you when you take the train into the city from Grant, uh, from where I was staying, Connecticut, it's the one stop after Stamford, Connecticut. It's 125th Street, Harlem, and then straight into Grand Central from it, there. It's a subtle joke. A lot of people yeah. wouldn't get that. Exactly. And it's just, again, speaks to the brilliance of Mel Brooks's writing. He's a master of subtlety. There's, there are jokes that he makes in some of his movies that you don't get for... Like, you watch them with your parents, and you laugh because your parents are laughing. And then decades later, you're like, oh, 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 God. Exactly. I get that. Like exactly. the blind guy walking through the streets of Rome oh, saying, Give to Edmus! Like, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> that was so great. I love that. I love that joke. Um, and that, but again, you have to also kind of know who. What, no Oedipus and Oedipus yeah. Rex in that story to understand that. And the fact that he's a he, it looked like he poked his eyes out too. It was just very, very, very clever. Yeah. So we follow Comicus who all of a sudden gets booked at Caesar's Palace. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actual Caesar, not the casino, obviously. Though they use the casino when they, they use the casino as the, the entranceway when he goes up. It's hilarious. Yeah. The main room? The, the, ma- main the main room! room. <laughs> uh, and along the way, they also meet a, uh, a Vestal Virgin. Miriam. Miriam, indeed. <laughs> and basically, she ends up like being their, their assistant slash savior uh, in the palace where Comicus makes a bad joke and almost gets killed. <sighs> so, so funny. And of course, you've had Madeline Kahn. Empress Nympho. Nympho. <laughs> Which, she just honestly has some of the best lines in the whole movie. Um, when... The Roman, like, guard, the Roman general comes up to her and is, like, you know, trying to just fawn all over her. And he's, like, oh, he's, like, oh, wait, at your bated breath, blah, 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 all this other stuff. And then she's, like, ah, but the servant waits while the master baits. Like, just perfect delivery. Or, like, when she's coming in on her, um, oh, God, what the fuck are those things called? Uh, the... What's the word? The things where they carry the, the people. The hoofer doofer. Sure. <laughs> there's four guys, they carry a box, and inside the box is a lady. Thank you. I know there's a word for it, but I can't Thank think you, of what Sean. the word is. Thank you. And then Sean she's... all of a sudden became a New Yorker. <laughs> right? <laughs> but they, like, walk in with her on this, and she's like, stop, stop. Can you please step on the same foot at the same time? My tits are falling off. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just it was just so so perfect and and really she just has some of the best dirty jokes yeah, it's great it's are great. there any openings that this man might fit <laughs> <laughs> exactly is that and of course he's back at the palace he said say when Seven thirty. Eight thirty. Oh, eight thirty. my bad mm. Mm, shame was, on me. Mm-hmm. One she number just off. Perfected the art of delivery. Mm-hmm. Just everything she said was just timed and, and presented in a perfect fashion. And everything she sang too, Sarah. The best <laughs> part. Can you do it for us, please? I I would love to. So this is when she's picking out 
who will be her escort to the orgy that evening. <laughs> no, 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 yes, no, no, yes, no, 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 yes, no, 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 yes, no, no, yes, no, 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 wait a minute, yes, okay, there you have it. And then the, all the guys march out, and she's like, I love quick time hearts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So many butts in one scene. <laughs> also, I thought it was really funny. Is So you got, I mean, it's kind of a lame joke, but you have uh, Captain Mucus. Yeah. Uh, was played by Rudy DeLuca, who I'm, I, I want to say was in one of the Godfather movies, if not all of them. But uh, he actually, he co-wrote High Anxiety and Silent Movie. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're, of course, they have their their funny bit is uh, when they're chasing him in the chariot race. Uh, (laughs) Josephus stops and makes this giant Roman candle size joint. Mighty joint. (laughs) And basically, he makes a smoke screen where everyone is just like, let's start dancing. And they start doing like this jazz dance. I love that, though. He says, Lindis, hit it. (laughs) It's like Lindy, right? Yeah. And then um, the other thing was, I love the part where the two Roman soldiers are just in there. Do you have a care if it falls? What? What? The Roman Roman Empire? Empire? Fuck Fuck it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Because honestly, like, I don't know how many people honestly feel like dancing when they're baked out of their minds, but at least I know that that stoner conversation just kind of sits there of just, fuck Uh, it. (laughs) Oh, and so there's a great bit. Sean, you feel like dancing? (laughs) There's there's a great bit when... um, when they're running from the, the the palace guards, they end up going into a Trojan infantry uh, room, and they they basically get armor and stuff. And finally, they run by an apothecary who, <laughs> and the apothecary says, "What are you looking for?" General says, "A pack of Trojans." Apothecary says, "Boy, I just ran out." <laughs> but, you know, people may not get that, but apothecary was the ancient word for a pharmacist. Yes. So, we all know Romeo and Juliet, Brian. Well, I know you do. I'm just saying that maybe there's somebody in our audience who maybe you know, didn't pay attention in Shakespeare class. Yeah, all three people listening that don't know what that means have just been educated. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Thanks. I'll just say, I, I doubt there's uh, more than like three Brian, people listening to this that don't know Brian, what an apothecary is. I am Brian just clarifying, I think okay? You, yeah, I think you just called all of your listeners dumb. You're just like, these people don't know what an apothecary is. Wow. Oh, the tension is palpable. <laughs> hey, guys. Palpable guys, so you can palp down. it? I can't. Calm down. I can you can, you can palp Brian is Brian is not doing anything out of the ordinary. He's used to talking down to people on Nerds on History. <laughs> oh, shit. Shit! You guys didn't know. It, for those of you who don't know, so it's totally normal. Just don't freak out about it, Nat. What is wrong with me saying that? <laughs> no, I'm just fucking There's with you, Brian. There's nothing wrong with It is in that. no way condescending. Uh-huh. Brian, I'm just I'm sorry. I have, a rare, I have a rare speech impediment that makes me sound sarcastic <laughs> when I'm being serious. <laughs> Brian, what are you doing with that gun? <laughs> Brian, put the gun down. I'm making things right. <laughs> Can you splice in me calling him biscuit dick? I just I love that insult and I just I just want me to be calling Wait, him. Wait, did biscuit. you say biscuit dick before or do you want to just say biscuit no, dick? No, I'm right saying I want you to splice in. in me saying biscuit dick. Just or you say, can just leave this just conversation. Say it. Just in say here. 
biscuit dick. Just say it so I can cut it inside. All right, how's this? How's this? How's this? Biscuit dick. And then you put in a cut of this of this, the gun going off. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I like that. Okay. I have a rare speech impediment that makes me sound sarcastic when I'm being serious. Biscuit dick. There you go. In the meantime, I gotta go piss. Where's the pissatorium? Okay, so we're gonna pause real quick. So, so to wrap this up with no, the. Up, we, we've got things to talk about. Fucking a, people, to wrap up the Roman segment oh, of the movie. Wow. Jesus fucking Christ! So we've decided that my band is going to be called. You Dan- never listen to me. My band is going to be called Dangerotica, right? No, the eunuch. Cars. Oh no, and Dangerotica is going to be the. That first wasn't album. right. That wasn't recorded, folks. That all happened oh. during the break. <laughs> well, so I'm starting dumb. a band called the Unicorns. <laughs> Like E-U-N-I-C-H. Okay. Oh, my uh, God. And, and guess who was trying to fake himself being a eunuch in the Roman segment was Gregory Hines. Yeah, yes. and so I was going with that. Gregory Hines, actually, his role of Josephus, who was actually the name of a real Jewish, Jewish philosopher, as Brian. Jewish uh, historian. Jewish historian, sorry, uh, that Brian wanted to point out, but also was originally supposed to be played by Richard Pryor. Lit himself on fire, yeah? Yes, he did. The not like intentionally shooting. or anything. I you hope know. not. You know, he was freebasing, no, no. unfortunately, yes. and got, uh, you know, things got out of hand. And that's the second time in Mel Brooks' history that a part that was intended for Richard Pryor had to go to somebody else. Because he lit himself on fire. Yeah. Right. But if they didn't have Gregory Hines do it, then he wouldn't have done the really cool Ethiopian Shim Sham dance, which that's is true. great. That's true. So, Chris Gregory Hines was a dancer. Right? He was, and he was a fucking amazing dancer. And the, I think actually probably for a lot of younger people, this is a really good introduction into Gregory Hines and his talent. So, yeah, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Um, other fun casting things aside from having B. Arthur, who was uncredited, Hugh Hefner, um, who had his tiny little bit part. Um, we also had John Hurt as, as Jesus. Jesus. Well, I was going to get to that. Okay. Yeah, because so they, they make their escape to Judea because We're Rome is so close. We're on the road to Judea, which I did mention this in a blog post when I was talking about um, the road movies. That is a direct reference to um, to the road, the road movies. Yeah. Well, the road to Morocco. That's yes. where they sing that song. And of course, they do it in Family Guy, the road to Rhode Island yes. as well. And it's the exact same metal- melody. Yep. They do a road to everything on Family Guy. There's been road to Rhode Island, road to Europe, road to the North Pole, road to everything. They do that gag all the time. Well, road to and, right. and, and all of it is a reference to the series of road pictures yep. that that Bing Crosby and Bob Hope did in the 1940s. Exactly. Through the 1960s. So they get you to... You see, people, Family Guy just recycles shit. Yep. But it's still hilarious. Well, well I, mean, I mean... So does Mel clearly, Brooks. Clearly, <laughs> clearly Seth MacFarlane was influenced by Mel Brooks. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Mel Brooks has a lot of callback jokes. Exactly. Yeah, so they get to Judea, the king. and they're working at this one little inn, and... Uh, you know, so like they're looking for a waiter, a cashier, and a dishwasher. And of course, yes, they make that off-color cultural joke where Mel Brooks offers to be the waiter. Uh, Miriam. And offers to be the cashier. And then... Gregory Hines, Hines is, is like, the, I'll be the coat check girl. Fine, I'll be, be the, the dishwasher. dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, clever, of course, social commentary. And they get in, and then there's the maitre d' who is cameo appearance by uh, comedian Fritz Field, by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, tons of fucking cameos in this movie. 
And then, of course, they go, and, and it is John Hurt as Jesus. And the uh, Last Supper. And the reason why he got this part was because just a year before, Mel Brooks had produced him in David Lynch's The Elephant Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. He played John Merrick. So that's they had already had this working relationship, of each, and that's why he was in both Spaceballs and History of the World Part 1 is because of that original movie. Don't uh, worry, ladies and gentlemen, I'm in your boat. I didn't know any of this. Fun factoids. knowledge. Yeah. The more you know. Sean, could you splice in like the sound effect? Oh, we use. Oh, we we use it before. Yeah. Oh, well, shit. You should listen to our fucking show. No, it's a good thing. I listen to your show. (laughs) Don't listen to your show religiously because I have a a job at which I work like seventy hours a week. And we have found our target audience listens to our show while they're working. So you know what? I'm not allowed to listen to computers or radio while I'm working. Well, you know what? The Air Force area, and they'll shoot me and blow me up. You know what? Well, you know what? The Air Force can suck it. Oh wow! Christ on a bike. That was just Jesus hostile. rode a bike. He did. He he rode two. He of invented them. the bike, but nobody gives him fucking credit. <laughs> he also, he he also invented, invented the dinner table. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> this is true. Thank you, sir. I Thanks for beating me to that one, Brian. You <laughs> dick. Dick well, the since we're usually beating dicks, uh, what was the last time for you, Brian? The last time I masturbated? It's been a few days. I mean, I'm currently staying <laughs> in my mother's living room. It's terrible. But you don't do it in the car, like at a stoplight? I exclusively jerk off in my mother's living room. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Wow. Uh, I have to save it all up till I'm that in is, California. Wow. That <laughs> image. <laughs> both those images. Just, I, I'm sorry I went there, guys. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm, I'm currently staying in my mother's living room. I'm not about to beat off. First of all, I'm not about to beat off in my mother's house. And second of all, just I'm not beat about. beat off into the plants. That's good for <laughs> there the There are no plants. plants. You haven't been to my mother's house. Nothing lives there. <laughs> So the Spanish Inquisition. My mother was the Inquisition. <laughs> what a show. Because that's the Inquisition. What, wait, hang on. So, so yeah, it's the one musical number in the entire uh, movie, uh, and they and so yes, and then, of course you have Mel Brooks. And again, we forgot to mention this whole time that uh, the movie's been narrated by Orson Welles, right? Quite brilliantly. And uh, so Orson Welles introduces the Grand Inquisitor Torquemada, who was a real. Can I just. The part where the guy's just standing there and he's like introducing Torquemada and he's like. Torquemada, uh, do not ask him for mercy. (laughs) Torquemada, do not come to him for forgiveness. Torquemada, do not ask for leniency. Let's Let's face face it, it, you you can't can't talk about anything. (laughs) (laughs) I love it! Oh my god, that's so my kind of joke. <laughs> and of course, it wouldn't be a podcast with me if I didn't try to sing some of the go for it. Some of the song. Now, I had my like, musical. Can I start moment. it out though? Go ahead. Hey Torquemada, what do you say? I just got back from the Auto de Fe. Auto de Fe? What's the Auto de Fe? It's what you oughtn't to do, but you do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, come on, like it's it's so so it's Mel Brooks so is obsessed. Cheesy. With musical numbers. He loves Broadway musicals. And he actually wrote the books for a couple of them before he, he did the producers, actually. Mm-hmm. And so this was his nod to that. And, of course, the Busby Berkeley uh, and Esther Williams movies with the nuns who do the synchronized swimming. Yeah, the synchronized swimming. swimming. The little, like, like, And How did that go, Sarah? I'm not doing it again. And... <laughs> Jesus, that was mean. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. I just don't want to embarrass myself. And... Or, like, the part where they just, he kind of does, like, the little montage part at the end where he's just, like, mouth agape, like, super smiling, like, hanging out with all these 
poor Jews that are like chained yeah. up and shit. Well, so for the record, <laughs> I mean, because Mel Brooks loves musical theater so much, he made sure that this number had all the right pieces to it because he he worked on the song with Ronnie Graham, who was a, a known musical theater person, and he actually is in the number. He's one of the Jews who's who has the solos. He's, oh, really? He's the bearded one. Nice. Yeah. And also Ralph Burns, who was the conductor of uh, the original production of Chicago. Oh, no shit. As well as a couple of other Broadway productions uh, did the arrangement. Because, you know, Mel Brooks doesn't actually write music. He hums melodies into a tape recorder, and then he gives it to... Right. This guy, and this guy turns it into sure. a Broadway score, basically. And this is another John Morris movie, by the way. John Morris had scored a lot of his movies. Uh, he just, I think Ralph Burns just did it, the arrangements for this one number mm-hmm. to support it. And it's just, it's got that classic, you know, song and dance, 1940s feeling to it. Just It just happens to be that they're trying to talk about, you know, Spanish mass force conversion. Exactly. Yeah. Who cares? Just right. a little, only a little bit of torture. <laughs> Exactly. Just a little bit. But it's but it, it all goes back to and I've mentioned it on a previous podcast of Mel Brooks's main target when he does these sorts of things and he makes these sort of parodies um, about things that are absolutely terrible. You make fun of it to the point where it can't happen again. Exactly. And and that's exactly what he's doing in this bit. And, uh, I mean, and he's you know, making fun of some pretty horrible things that were done to people, right? Right, right. Well, and, but let's also not forget that this is post-Monty Python making the same jokes. You know, right. nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Right. Amongst uh, our weapons. <laughs> right. So, at this point, it's already come, it's already doled out a little bit, and so, obviously. Like the absurdity helps to kind of ease the pain. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Like Hitler on ice. I mean, Hitler was a horrible human being. Putting him on ice skates, doing... You're really... That's a liberal use of the word human being, those two words. I'm sorry. He was a a horrible... What are the goat demons called? I don't remember. He was a horrible fucking sadistic... Seahawk. Seahawk. He was a Seahawk. He was a total shalister, man. That's that's an insult we use in my neck of the woods. That's a total cocksmith is a shalister. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I say dick swab now. I've decided I don't like the word douche enough, so I'm I'm saying dick swab. I'm trying go. to spread biscuit dick. I really like it. Okay. I mean, I like the way it sounds. I don't like biscuit dick. Mm. I've been I've been using cunt muscle lately. Oh. Oh wow. Oh okay. Yeah, cunt muscle. So all right. Yeah. Anyway, I have nothing to say. I wanted to actually <laughs> wow. sing pieces of this a piece of the song, but I won't do it unless someone's actually going to do it with me. Uh, Who no, knows, no. Chuck? You might win a buck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez. Will you confess? No, 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 no. Will you convert? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Anyway, it's just, it's good. Um, <laughs> Thank you for that insight, Sean's like, Brian. Brian's, like, so disappointed right now. He's like, why can't I? You can just sing it. No, it's because uh, the, the energy's lost. The moment has passed. Well, I don't. The I, mood was killed, I'm actually. sorry. Brian, that was wonderful. I and see. now, Sarah with weather. Sarah. <laughs> Well, it's, it's gonna rain. <laughs> it's gonna rain. It's still awfully dry in California. Well, it's been raining in the We're past not talking about your vagina. We're talking. <laughs> <laughs> and now to Sean with sports. I can't tell if I just died a little lighter. Uh, Back little, to you, Brian. A little inside, or if my soul. He, was just you just shark-gasmed. So. I just shark-gasmed. <laughs> Wait, shark-gasm or shark-gasm? Shark-gasm. Because a shark-gasm would be awesome. You shat, you farted, and you had a little... I orgasmed a shark. You shark-gasmed. <laughs> it's amazing. 
<laughs> that'd be a shitty movie. Ima- imagine the were shark. Like a full moon comes out and he just like turns into a shark uh, and he's like, God, and at first it's really intimidating and then he's just flopping on the pavement to help. Yeah, it's like a no, it's a ten minute movie and when he turns he just dies. <laughs> On the on dry land, and that's it. That's amazing. It's like a couple of seconds of him suffocating, and the person that he was originally trying to kill is just kind of like, man, I almost feel bad for him, and then just like dead fish. <laughs> wow. And then he reverts to Benicio del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Oh. Well played, indeed. Uh, well, where do we go from there? So we go. Oh, um, we go to the final piece, the French Revolution. In- really. Yeah, it goes straight from It goes from the Roman Empire to the Inquisition to... There's nothing in between? No, because they spend a lot of time in Rome. That's the thing. They do spend yeah, a lot of time. Rome is the vast majority and, of that movie. But it's so good. Like, really, Comicus is little... Well, there stand-up. was a lot of material that they had. There was, there was. And there was a lot of really good stuff that they mentioned, little historical gems about uh, plumbing, columns, etc. Like, there was kind yeah. of, like, funny little things like that. But And we also forgot to mention Dom DeLuise as Caesar as well. Oh, oh and Jesus, he was amazing. I forgot about that. Oh my god, the thing where he takes the treasure bath and then he like goes and sits. <laughs> treasure bath? Treasure I'm bath? take a treasure bath! <laughs> yeah, was, do you think, what was his joke? <laughs> you think he was talking about me? I love the part after the treasure bath when he goes and he sits back down and this is such crude humor and I, but I still find it really funny. He pulls out the jewel from his ass and he's like, wash this. This <laughs> 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 dement, wash this. But Comicus's little stand-up bit, that whole, like that whole thing. I freaking love those jokes. It's so stupid, but like I the Christians like... are so poor. How poor are they? They're so poor. They only have one God. Yeah, exactly. Like... I, I kind of feel like if he was still alive, this would have been Zero Monstell playing uh, Caesar. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that because he was playing very, very much like as Zero Monstell would have played him. I feel like yeah. not that he was trying to do Zero Monstell the entire time, but I just, I kind of feel like he was just channeling Zero Monstell the whole, the whole time. I, I think so too, to a certain extent, and I think that may be like that type of character that Mel Brooks just writes. You know, I think, uh, I think that's just very typical for him and he just uses Dom DeLuise so much because I mean he's a ridiculously talented actor he's a yes. really good comedian the so late, great Dom DeLuise indeed so yeah then so then we wrap it up the movie wraps up with the French Revolution French Revolution which we finally get to see Miss Cloris Leachman oh Cloris Leachman it, her bit and this is so damn funny it's like joking Louis let's end this meeting on a high note so I mean, first of all, tons of... Oh, we also meant, got to mention Walk This Way. Oh, Walk yeah, This yeah. Way was, was recycled in this movie yet again. Yeah, like we said, the, the callback jokes, Walk exactly. This Way. I mean, yeah. he, and, he, uses he uses a lot of them. Um, Jews in Space later on in the movie is the same song that they used for Men in Tights. But there's another one when we get to the French Revolution. Count de Money. Count de Money. Demonet. Right. Demonet. So apparently Harvey, Harvey Corman likes to play characters whose names get pronounced yeah, wrong. Yeah, it's because it goes back to Blazing Saddles when he played Headley Lamar and not Hetty Lamar. Exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, you have Bernays, who is I'm pretty sure the same actor who played Carmen I, Gia. It is the same actor who played Carmen Gia and, and the producers, the original producers. And uh, You bought I, yours. These are mine. I, I love that little, <laughs> their little rapport because they're just so bratty with each other. And he just says, don't get saucy with me, Bernays. And it's such a dumb joke. <laughs> but it's so fucking funny. <laughs> 
And there's this whole, of course, there's the there's the unspoken thing that they're you know lovers or yeah, yeah it's the, the, the very strong implication i don't like your cuffs i don't like your cuffs <laughs> <laughs> your cuffs should go to the tip of your wee wee yours go down to your balls <laughs> at least i have them <laughs> so damn they're so bitchy with each other <laughs> it's just, exactly it's a very almost like a twisted tale of two cities because it's mixed with man the iron mask because it's right. they're trying to kill king louis the, the revolutionaries are and so the, the the king cats wind of this and of course there's tons of ridiculous jokes like my people revolting i know they stink <laughs> but these are my people i care about them paul and, and he, he tries to shoot paul. and they like fling some poor person into the sky and he tries to shoot oh my god drifting to the left <laughs> That was historically accurate. They're reacting to violence. I abhor violence. If there's one thing I can't stand, it's violence. Pull! <laughs> no, Felica absolutely. Stone. Historically yeah. accurate. Absolutely. That actually happened. And I'm, um, I, I want to say that... Franklin D. Roosevelt actually used to do the same thing. <laughs> That's wow. I would if I were him. You can, you can put that in Nerds on History. That's... Yeah, yeah, we all know they also. If do there's anything that would make me forget my legs don't work, it'd be that. <laughs> uh, oh my God. It's funny because his legs didn't work. Uh, <laughs> uh, polio is no. I do actually think I wouldn't be surprised. Brought to you by polio by Ralph Lauren. <laughs> the first time you meet Mel Brooks in the form of King Louis the Sixteenth, he's playing a live uh, chess game, and I'm almost I I don't. No, for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if Louis the Sixteenth actually did these live chess games where he had people. Actually, playing chess the wasn't invented until well after. King That's Louis. bullshit. Did, that that is complete bullshit. It was invented in like the fifth century BC in India. So I mean, it's or it was it Persia? I've heard I've heard both answers, but it was nevertheless it was invented in either Central Asia or Asia proper. I'm so. a very strong proponent of the theory that if you say something with enough conviction, <laughs> people will accept it. So chess was invented in 1947. That's Can true. Because at bars, I do this. I have a huge penis. <laughs> and it works. I really, 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 really think that Nap should be on an April Fool's episode. <laughs> oh, yes. This would be great. I think your April Fool's episode should just be me. You should just, just ha- we can just Skype, you just Skype in, dude. We can Skype you in. I, I could, but you've never no, but been like, be oh, you should Skype in with us. You've never said that. You've always been like, oh, we should get you on the show. And then it never happens. You're um, on the show right now. Stop complaining no, and being exactly. a bitch. No, it's literally never happened before. <laughs> this no. is just a figment you, of your imagination. He's just trying to make me feel guilty. You see, I'm Catholic and he's Anglican, so we, we get this. I know this. I can deflect this. Deflect? I've deflected. Yeah, mo- I don't we, think you've done We are moving second, on at this wait point. Wait a second. Brian, you're Catholic? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, I'm trying to move on with the plot on the, of the French Anglican? Revolution. You're an ugly fish. Oh, wait, no, that's Angler. My bad. I, my, my favorite I ever heard joke was, I asked, I was talking to a coworker, and she was talking about how she doesn't eat me. I said, oh, are, are you a vegetarian? And she said, no, I'm a pescatarian. And someone says, isn't that a religion? And I said, no, that's Episcopalian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, 
So. Uh, Sarah, that is the second most clever way I've been called ugly, though. Thanks. Aww, boo. The ugliest was actually really good. Uh-huh. There was a guy at my work. They were actually having a contest to see who could come up with the most clever way of calling me ugly. And one guy, while we're doing FOD walk, which means we're walking the flight line, making sure there's no rocks or anything that are going to get sucked up into the intakes of the jets. We're walking along, and he just starts going, Oompa, loompa, doobody doo. <laughs> I've got another puzzle for you. <laughs> oompa, oompa, doobody-dee. If you are wise, you'll listen to me. What do you get when your kid looks like nap? Gigantic nose and his face looks like crap. <laughs> He's bound to have a difficult life. You'll never end up with a... <laughs> Wife, bum, 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 bum. I don't like the look of him. Oompa. Oh, no. And I'm just like, I'm dumbfounded. I'm like, that is, that is just without contest the best way anybody's ever called me ugly. Well, I don't think you're ugly Equating at all. Equating me to an anglerfish is... I don't think that you're is, ugly. I just think And that in third place is oh. nap. And in third place was nap. I'd say you should wear an ugly... Uh, you'd wear an ugly bag. You should wear a paper bag. But honestly, I think people would still fear you. Oh. Wow. I don't think you're ugly. That <laughs> <laughs> fucking broke it. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's so good. You can't make this shit up. That is just that is just without contest the best way anybody <laughs> called me ugly. And I asked him, I said, how long have you been wanting to sing that? And he just stops and goes, that just like came to me. <laughs> like he just had this moment of divine inspiration where God just went, I want you to sing this song. I'm just spending some time on it. And I think it sends the right messages. Oh my goodness! You just made me think of the Chumbawamba song from uh, from a uh, f- no, not the band. The I fr- get knocked down. Thank you, because I want you to know I was just staring <laughs> at Brian, just <laughs> having that play in my big, head. There was just like this Pakistani Pete or the uh, the fuck, not Pakistani Pete. Um, Punxsutawney Phil. The groundhog. One of my you. priests actually gave. Pawtucket hey. Pete is what I meant to say. Oh, the, okay. From Family Guy. Okay. When they had the Chumbaw- the ch- they called oh, him the Chumbawamba. Okay. okay. You know? So the French Revolution. <laughs> Man, yeah. Like I said, ra- this it's good to be the king. <laughs> it's good to be the king. It, it is good to be the king. Okay, so so speaking of which, so of course he finds out there's the attempt on his life, and they also find that he has a striking resemblance to the Piss Boy. The Piss also Boy. Also played by Mel Brooks. You look like the Piss Boy. What? <laughs> <laughs> and they... So they switch places again. No Prince very, and the Popper routine. Very, very Prince and the Popper, or as we've seen in The Man in the Iron Mask, and of course, as I mentioned, Tale of Two Cities. They mentioned a lot of Tale of Two Cities in the commentary mm-hmm. for this movie. Oh, really? I that thought was they were that going Garfield more movie, like the right? Thomas Jefferson route, where you're like <laughs> noticing that all the help looks like. <laughs> wow. Real quick, no re- I'm sorry, oh. real quick. Fuck you, Nap, for mentioning Tale of Two Kitties. I hate you. So they, uh, <laughs> and, and, and of course, Tour de Force, Sarah, before, show some yeah. respect. <laughs> this is best movie, surpassing even Groundhog Day. Focus, guys. But before this all happens, of course, he meets a young woman whose father's in the Bastille mm-hmm. uh, because he made some off-color remark at a he dinner sa- party. At a dinner party, he said, the poor ain't so bad. That's And exactly. that's why he was thrown in jail. Uh, so... That comes into play later because when they have the replacement king, woman comes back, uh, who, by the way, is the wife of Billy Connolly. Oh, real quick, everybody go look at her picture in IMDb because it's a bit much. 
I'm trying to is it is it the picture of her when she's opened up her bodice? No, it's not that picture. What's her name? Pamela Stevenson. Pamela Stevenson checking checking. Oh well then, that's wow. That is that's, some hair. That's a thing. Everybody wow. needs to check that out. I'm pretty sure that Pamela that, Stevenson with a ph. Stephenson. That's she looks I'm like sure if she, Sonic the Hedgehog was trying to be in Motley Crue. She I'm pretty looks sure like if the '80s just exploded all over. I'm pretty someone. sure that's where the headshot came from. It came, it came well, from it the came 80s. from. A, I think it came from a movie, not the Nine O'clock News. That has to be like a like a sarcastic. Or no, it was a TV headshot. series. It was a TV series, not the Nine O'clock News. If you're looking at it on your phone and you put your thumb over her face, it's Garth Algar. <laughs> pretty much I'm, um, not joking if you're gonna spew <laughs> spew into, into this, this. <laughs> so by that we mean her hair so oh what, I, what i found let's take a second to talk about the uh the palace of versailles shall we mm-hmm. uh so they did a very good job of making it look like it was revolutionary france but it actually was shot in britain yeah that, was it really that entire whole bit was shot in the, the english country uh, not england just in the countryside but um I find this fascinating. Fuck you. Sean, I think you're asleep. This podcast will have focus. God damn it. So, um, Nerds on film. I will shoot you in the asshole. It's about production. It has to do with the movie. (laughs) Do you You know how hard it is to shoot someone directly on the asshole? But the the DVD, the Blu-ray commentary, did decide to mention that the, uh, the movie was production designed by Harold Mickelson, who is a two-time Academy Award nominee. So he did some pretty uh, rad designs for this movie. And it's true, because it, they actually do look very historically accurate, but yet still silly. So the imposter, the piss-boy version of King Louis, uh, frees the girl's father. But Which then... I love the guy who is playing the father. He was he played such absurd crazy, and, and he, where he's like... Free, we're free, and he goes over to the bird cage and he takes out these birds and sticks them out the window, and then he just drops them because they're all dead. Right? <laughs> Fucking great. Exactly. Fucking yeah. great. Was, this is such good, stupid classic humor. I love it. And uh, of course, uh, the wrong timing. Just as uh, he signs the uh, the Freemont Order, which is on July fourteenth, seventeen eighty nine, they decided to bring that up because that was the date that the Bastille was invaded by the revolutionaries. Just happens to be that day, even though they weren't actually apprehended until November. The king and the queen, that is. The revolutionaries go and they capture the fake king, and they they're putting him on the guillotine. And then finally, they say it'll take a it would take a miracle to save him. And in walks the or in rides the Deus Ex Machina. Miracle, the horse from the Roman Empire, which we didn't really mention on the podcast, but yeah, it's the horse. The, the horse. He's the horse that's running the chariot that is helps him escape with Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines. And also Josie, dressed, he's dressed like a Trojan again. <laughs> and he said, like, how'd you get here so quickly from the Roman Empire? Hey, man, movies is magical. That was, right, that was his right. explanation. And they ride off towards the end of the movie, and they're like, that's a big ending. And, of course, it's just the, the end. All yeah, the and then they say, of course, coming next, stay tuned for History of the World Part 2, which Brooks never intended to make. Never intended to make. Um, and then where he shows the clip of Hitler on ice. Viking <laughs> space. Uh, Viking funeral. Oh, yeah. That was great. And which basically is just, it was like a burning ship. And then it cut to a bunch of Vikings with their helmets on and stuff. And they're looking all sad. They take their helmets off and you realize that they just actually have horns that they, <laughs> that's not attached to the helmet. 
And then it goes into the Jews in Space musical number. Right. Which, I kind of say, had very impressive special effects. It looked like Star Wars. It really did. It was actually pretty damn impressive for, for yeah. 1981. Not going to lie. Well, 81 was right after Empire came. But, well, yeah, but uh, I mean, I'll, for the budget, for such what a throwaway joke at the end. You, you also have did a lot to of figure bull- a throwaway joke at the end. It's a grand total of like eight seconds of footage. Yeah, this is like a solid minute and a half of, of film. I I'm, don't mean literally eight seconds yeah. of footage, but I mean, it's not like Star Wars where, you know, the yeah, vast but- majority of the movie was... sure special effects. I mean, right. I mean, there's a lot of practical I mean, in this yes, movie. it's expensive for that minute and a half, but I mean... Yeah, I mean, and then again, like I said, the production design looks very big budget. I mean, ancient Rome has a lot of matte paintings on it, but it looks very accurate. Yes? So the movie itself had an $11 million budget and domestically earned thirty-one over $31 million. Um, so, I mean, hell, it was All a success. <laughs> yeah, I mean, $31 million in 1981 is good. Is huge. Yeah. Yeah, and keep in mind, in 1977, Star Wars was shot for $7 million. Right. You know, and I think Empire was shot for like 20 and that was considered a massive budget movie. But considering the sets that they used, the amount of extras that they were using, the costuming, everything, doing everything to look very, very period and pretty damn historically accurate as far as we know, because again, he is parroting biblical epics and and historical epics, that sort of thing, Ten Commandments, Spartacus, that kind of thing, because that is something that he's very specifically going for, knowing that Mel Brooks is extremely conscious of when he's doing parody. He wanted it to look like those movies, and those movies had big budgets, therefore he's going to have to throw a big budget at it as well. Um, and it's it's a very successful movie at that. This is where I, I was having trouble. I was explaining it to somebody earlier, and I was like, Young Frankenstein's definitely my first favorite, and I, I'm so torn with silent movie and producers being my second favorite, and then History of the World Part One's definitely my third favorite. Like, I just love this movie. I saw it when I was way too young to see it, because goddamn, there are a lot of really filthy jokes in it, <laughs> but... It, it was just, it was real. it's just so good. The humor is great. Well, getting on those filthy jokes, like I said earlier, there's a lot of jokes in there that as a kid you're not going to get. And he, Mel Brooks actually does a great job of making it so that, like, the kids aren't going to get a lot of those adult jokes, but the adults will. It's like, I mean, there are actually a decent amount of, like, Henson movies that mm-hmm. have jokes that are obviously geared towards the grown-ups. Not nearly as saucy as a lot of the ones from Mel Brooks movies. Right. But, like, you'll watch those movies and the jokes that as a kid you're meant to get, you'll get. And the ones that your parents are meant to get, they'll get. And as you get older and you actually, you know, learn a little bit more, especially, like I said, the the saucier, more risque kind of stuff, mm-hmm. that's the stuff that hits you later. Right. So it's stuff that, like, you watch as a kid and then you watch more as a grown-up and it's you weren't expected to get it as a kid. Although... It's, it's, it's kind of an art form in and of itself. Right, right. And although I will say to a certain extent, there's a lot of stuff that's a little bit more blatant. The um, Caldonia's erotic dance... While she's uh, while they're trying to prove that Gregory Hines is a eunuch, yeah. and then he gets yeah. the well, on eunuch, like that. that those obviously you've Batman's got some dead. jokes that you just that's can't that's hide. just not subtle whatsoever. No, no, no. no. There are there, some jokes. There are other ones that are very subtle. Like I did not get the um, 
the Gregory Hines joke where he's like, he looks down his pants, he's like, Jewish, huh? You know, he's like, oh, it yeah. was his first day, he was nervous, he slipped, um, I moved. <laughs> uh, you know, what's funny is actually, there are anthropologists who now believe uh, that circumcision actually predates Judaism in Ethiopia. <laughs> really? Yeah, so that actually would have been an inaccurate joke. Well, you know, it played out well, so. It would have been. Yeah. Penises. Anyway. <laughs> But I do think that I do think that this is a very clever movie. It's very quotable, obviously. The it's good to be a king thing has been like a kind of a Mel Brooks staple and cross cultural, frankly. Like that really hits in a lot of other places and there's a lot of people who know it's good to be the king without actually knowing that it comes from History of the World Part One. Mm-hmm. Like I posted up on my blog post before, um, the one where I talk about rehashed Mel Brooks gags and stuff like that, recycled jokes. Um, there's a lot of that kind of stuff that's in this movie, I think. I think it's probably his least appreciated movie when it really comes down to it. I mean, you think so? I, I I really do because in order to make the movie, it took not only you know all the normal filmmaking talents that are required for a film, but like we established, a lot of the set pieces and costume pieces and stuff they're they're solid. They're on par with like a blockbuster movie. I mean, they're they're accurate. They, right. A, there was a lot of. Well, like you said, he's a he's a history buff, and so everything is either you know historically researched and and factual or intentionally inaccurate, with the exception of you know Ethiopia performing circumcisions. Which I mean, <laughs> who the hell knew that in you know 1981? Can... Who the hell knows that now? <laughs> Brian? Five people in in, yeah, in yeah. academia. <laughs> yeah, five people of which you are one. <laughs> I, no, I read it on the on the Blu-ray. <laughs> track it was i'm now number six i think oh okay i'm the first non-academic but i mean yeah i'm really impressed with it as a movie it is and it's really so many people yeah. and everybody knows young frankenstein right everybody right. knows it everybody knows the producers mm-hmm. i mean yeah i was a little disappointed that uh, at, at my work i was talking about it and a lot of the kids know the newer version which although still good mm-hmm. isn't the original it's not the uh the zero zero mustel and um, gene wilder gene wilder yeah. version which i i love there's a spot in my heart reserved explicitly yeah. for that movie right well, absolutely an amazing film yeah and i mean hopefully we'll be able to cover those films next year yeah we, we have another full year of uh of mel brooks story films to cover next year yeah mm-hmm. and i think just the, the the magic that mel brooks managed to pull out of uh kenneth mars oh god kenny Mar- oh, yeah. yeah was just amazing. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- that guy is just one of the funniest human beings that mm-hmm. ever lived in definitely my book. yeah and uh, that's that's why yeah i mean my top two are probably young frankenstein and the producers sure yep and, and it's just because i mean it, kenneth mars there's nothing that that man can say that isn't funny in some way sure and it's just he's he's an artist of just the highest caliber to me, and, and really. he, especially in those just bit roles. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just he's he's in there for just a few minutes, and just he just makes them like the producers without his character would just have been it would have just been a movie. Yeah, Franz but, Lipkin was what made the movie like even more ridiculous. Exactly, and that's like it's a good movie until this Nazi writer gets brought into it and you're just like, this is just so, it's become so outlandish and so just, (laughs) just fun with him. And his character in Young Frankenstein is just, you loved him. It's just such a small role, but he was just great. 
And I think that's really a, a testament too to the fact that Mel Brooks knows casting. He does. He knows exactly the right person for that role. And the funny, th- and you know, maybe that's why he reuses those people because he knows their talent. He knows their depth. The fact that Cloris Leachman has been able to play so many weird off the wall characters in a span of his movies is remarkable and i think he he really just knows that and i think to a certain extent maybe he tailors certain things for specific people and that's okay because he does a great job at it you know where you say that history of the world that you think that that one's one of his more underrated ones that's how i feel about silent movie everything he does is good in its own right Uh, well yeah it's just i like I, I know so many people who have seen Young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. They've seen the producers. They've seen Robin Hood Men in Tights. They've seen all these movies, and like a lot of, I guess it's like the younger generation just haven't seen History of the World Part One. Or if they've seen it, they've and, seen the edited version on TV. Yeah, on right. Comedy Central. Which is not too far of it. I mean, there's a couple of gags they can't put in, but a lot of the of swear is, words get cut out, and there's other things. I just that feel just like aren't it's really underappreciated. And my one request to anybody that's listening to this who has not seen History of the World Part One, which I think is just a sin, yeah, uh, go watch it. It's just a phenomenal movie. It's hilarious. It's just so well done. And Absolutely. dripping with historical goodies. Exactly. To use a Mel Brooks line. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All the gags in there, are, they tie into really what, what was really going on, right? Yeah, yeah I like feel like the, there's a lot more depth to it than probably a lot of people want to give it credit for. Yeah, so. and like knowing stuff about history, you get a lot more of the jokes and references. Mm-hmm. That it's just, it, it really takes a special kind of talent to be able to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's get into some listener feedback, shall we? Okay. We have one. It's from Eric. He wrote us actually for the Nerds on History podcast, but he made a whole other PS statement for Nerds on Film that I had to read. All right. He says, uh, I tried listening to Nerds on Film while at work, and I found myself going through the same elaborate routine, another LEO listener uh, detailed. It's rather nerve-wracking. LEO means law enforcement officer. Exactly. It's rather nerve-wracking having to check in-car microphones, radio headsets, portable radio, and that the windows are up every time I hear Sean's voice. Thus, NOF has to be saved for when I am in my personal vehicle. (laughs) Is it wrong that I feel like, I don't think this podcast is that bad, is it? (laughs) Uh, Well, Sean's definitely brought... Yeah. Sean's definitely brought to an NC-17 at times. Yeah, sometimes. So... Um, I have a little bit of listener listener feedback. I just want to give a personal shout-out to my good friend, Trisha Kelly, who decided that she was going to start listening to the podcast, and she's been devouring it for the past two weeks and decided that while we were watching the Super Bowl, she was going to talk my ear off all about how she loves the podcast and certain aspects of it and her suggestions and all that other stuff. So I just wanted to say thank you for listening. I and really you know appreciate what? Let's, it. Let's go on that for a second. If you guys love our podcast, and obviously you do because you're listening to us now, if you haven't already told a friend about it, tell the friend who you think is least likely to like the podcast to give us a listen. Because you never know. You never know. And if they hate us, they might even listen to us more. Because if they really, really hate us, sometimes the people who hate you are your most loyal listeners. Well, Yeah, seriously. Tell some really, really conservative people that you know to listen oh God. to what I say. Bring it to your church Just group. to see their reactions. <laughs> tell your priest to listen to Sean. Oh, my God. We actually did talk to a priest at a convention, and I said, are you sure you want to listen to Nerds on Film? It's pretty blue. Borderline black is it's nothing more worse than I've heard in confession. There so, you go. So there you go. There you go. I will say um, that 
my friend did very, very clearly express the fact that she spends a lot of the time screaming at the radio about how much we missed this, that, and the other, or her opinions on those things, in which case I told her, you know what you should do? You should write into the show when you have these opinions and you want them told to everybody, please. There's a finite amount of recording time as well. And yeah, there's that too. <laughs> Sometimes we do have to keep these things rather condensed. That's the freedom of podcasting. We can choose our own time limit, damn it. So, uh, there We've you have it. We've been going for 15 hours. Yeah. yeah. It's true. You're going to have an hour and 10 minute episode probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. We've all actually been outfitted with catheters just just in case. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mine, to go. I did not go out back and pee on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever anybody says, I did not go out back and pee on the fence and watch the couple behind well, this place having sex in the kitchen. Oh, they were having sex in the kitchen? No, I just wanted to say that to make my story more interesting. Oh. <laughs> Thanks uh, for calling me out, Sarah, you terrible person. Or you could have just uh, lied and given some details. Oh, so, yes. Give me a liar. Sex. Give me a liar. Yeah. Oh, I didn't do it. I was here there. Wrong liar. Wrong liar. I would also like to give a shout out to Trisha Kelly, who is a very dear friend of mine who has recently started listening to this podcast. <laughs> I'd like to give a shout out to my dear friend she Brian Knapp, who has recently Sarah. just started appearing on this podcast, <laughs> and he's been devouring it for about the past hour and a half. I would so. also like to give a shout out to Trisha Kelly. <laughs> Thank you for the other night. Oh, shit. <laughs> I had never seen anybody use the butter from popcorn. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just really glad there was not a lot of salt on the popcorn because I feel like the granules would have hurt, but I do appreciate it. I hope she's not many people to this. fall for. Oh, my you know, God. The hole in the bottom of the bag gag. I hope she's listening to this in close proximity to her parents or grandparents. For that matter. Sorry, and TK. Oh, wait, wait, and, I hope and he finds thank you, you for the anal warts. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my Do those God. exist? That's a whole new thing for me to fear. Um, what? For those who don't know what they are. I'm, well, I'm sure warts can anal just pretty much happen are, anywhere. Oh, wait, no. The For those who don't know bits, Brian's bit. You do that one. Um. We hope you've been entertained by us uh, going very, very filthy this episode, more so than we usually have. Um, but hey, what better time than, if you're grossed out, than to give us money? Because maybe we don't have to, you know, make a living with all these bad words. But um, if you go to nerdonomy.com, you can click on our donate link and you can send us any amount of money. No price is too small and also no price is too big either. Um, we are definitely still working at making this a. Uh, a means by which we can live our lives. And of course, please uh, contact us through our social media. We are on Facebook, of course. We have our company Twitter at Nerdonomy, but also contact us at our personal Twitter accounts. I'm at Brian Moriarty. I'm at Sarah Ash 16. I am at Peyton Manning Stole My Innocence. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known as at Big Sean Mo. Yes. And Nap is not on Twitter. So Twitter's uh, for communists. Yeah. <laughs> What about, um, I'm a European socialist. I love Twitter. <laughs> Twitter and human trafficking Twitter. are the two main concerns in my communist life. Twitter is America, A number one. <laughs> there you go. Football. <laughs> and, Miley uh, Cyrus. Yeah. Wrecking balls. Like a wrecking ball. uh, <laughs> so balls, right? <laughs> um, Miley Cyrus, number one. <laughs> number one right yeah nap of course as always thank you for being here we appreciate it as always uh and i just wanted to give you guys a heads up too moving into next month we will be covering previous best picture winners in prep for our live oscar podcast 
It's happening on March 2nd, starting at 5.30, just when the Oscars do. If you guys want your commentary track to the Academy Awards, we'll be it. So we'll give you details about those coming in the future. All right. And uh, until next time, stay nerdy. And tune in to us next week, same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. Bye. Later. Bye. And roll credits. Famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. He's a eunuch. He's a eunuch. He's dead.